Thank you, thank you, thank you. You may be seated. Welcome. For those of you online, we'd like to give you a very warm, every nation, sunning hill. Welcome. Amen. 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 And I'd like to give a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the very first time, whether in person or online. Who's here for the very first time uh, this morning joining us? Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. It's great to have you joining us this Sunday. Welcome. Now, guys, you might have noticed the tallest person in the room, and, uh, and his name is Jacques Oberhoser. He's our minister this morning, and uh, you're in for a real treat. Coming all the way from Peter Marisburg, but I'll introduce him properly. Oh, do we have some Marisburg people in the house? Oh, welcome, welcome. It's great to have you here with us. And uh, I'd like to give a special welcome as well to um, Evangelist Benina from our Durban congregation. Thank you so much for honoring us with your presence this morning. Guys, that lady is a ball of fire for the Lord. Amen. She leads people to the Lord left, right, and center. We've got a group of, uh, our national group of evangelists. We've got a group, uh, WhatsApp group, and uh, yes, same WhatsApp group, yeah. But anyway, and, uh, and, uh, and we share testimonies of what God is doing. And often, uh, on an average day, Benina is leading three, four, five people. And it goes something like this, to the Lord. And, and it goes something like this. Uh, I went for a jog this morning, <laughs> and while I was jogging, I saw a person, and I stopped to talk to them. Praise God, they gave their life to the Lord. And then, later on at work, I was talking to this person, one of the students, and they were going through some trouble, so I prayed with them. They also gave their life to the Lord. In the evening, while I was going back home, <laughs> I saw that. It's just crazy. So, we honor you, Benina, for your fruitfulness and what God is doing through your life. And uh, we're encouraged that new disciples are being made. Amen. The gospel is advancing. And that is just, just so awesome. Awesome. And for those of you visiting us for the first time, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to get to know you a little better. In order to do that uh, online, you'll see there's a link to the connection card. But for those of you who are here in person, please come and say hi and get to meet us. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. At our information table, uh, you'll also be able to meet some of our leaders out in the foyer. But if all else fails, get a hold of us via the scan link. Or if that fails, admin s at enjhb.org. Admin s at enjhb.org. Amen. 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 So we're in an exciting season, church. And it's a season of breakthrough. Amen. You know, Gracefield, praise God. Amen. I'm sure you were first in class for everything. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You always need those seasons, you know. That you, I mean, you always need those students because, you know, unless you have those students, the teacher looks awkward, you know, like he's a bad teacher, etc. But you just need the one student to validate that a lesson was given at some stage. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Gracefield, for that. Guys, we're in a season of breakthrough. Amen. And God is breaking through. And this venue we're sitting in is your venue. It is your breakthrough. Amen. Amen. And there's so many people that would love to thank um, for making this possible. I'd like to thank the elders uh, who prayed and believed first that this would be the place that we would um, start to, to engage as a possible venue for us to purchase and now the, we're in the first phase of that by renting this. And now we've got an opportunity to believe God that we can actually make this our own and purchase it. So thank you, elders, for standing with us, believing with us. In fact, even believing before us for this venue. Amen. Thank you so much. Give the elders a hand. Some of you don't know, but... Um, I think we've had more elders meetings uh, than we ever imagined we would over this period, uh, making key decisions to make all of this happen. So um, the guys have really worked hard. So really thank you for that. I'd like to thank Kulani and his team uh, for making the renovations possible, uh, leading the project, uh, dealing with difficult people. Amen. Uh, I was not the, in case you were, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Uh, was that, Kalani, was that difficult? Oh, there we go. Amen. Amen. 
So um, it really is such a team victory, guys. And I'd like to thank all of those who've served. Even yesterday, we had uh, teams and families here who were helping to set up and uh, make this place beautiful. So thank you to everyone of you who did that, to the fields, the journeys, um, Miriam, etc. Thank you, guys. Kaganda in the house, thank you so much. Thank you. And I know there are many others who are here serving, Zanele and team. Um, it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. Uh, yesterday, we got to launch our prayer room, guys. We got to launch our prayer room. And how's this for a testimony? The prayer room was full. Amen. And they didn't want to stop praying. Amen. <laughs> the prayer meeting just kept going and going and going. It's so good to be in the house of God. It's so good to have a prayer room. Amen. Amen. So um, someone shared such a powerful testimony, um, a new person in our context called Pandora. I'd like to welcome Pandora up to share a testimony. She's um, been part of our community from Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And I wanted to share just what God's been doing in these short weeks and just a testimony. And I believe the first seed of testimony of what God's going to be doing just because we have a place where we can gather and serve God. Amen. Pandora, come up and share your testimony. Come on, give her a hand, people. Amen. Amen. Greetings, church. Um, my name is Pandora. I stayed down the road, born and bred out of Cape Town. Um, this has been home from Cape Town, Baxter Theatre, when it was his people. And um, when, when I came to Joburg, I kept on looking for his people, and I couldn't find it. Went to different churches, and I'm like, I'm done with church. I can't do this thing. And being home, I was like, God, I'm doing you in my house. I'm not going to do you anywhere else, because it doesn't make sense to me. I'm looking for my church. On Resurrection Sunday, I don't jog on a Sunday. I jog Monday to Friday. The Holy Spirit said to me, wake up and go jogging. And I was like, God, it's a Sunday. I don't jog on a Sunday. And I started jogging. And when I came back, I saw um, something outside. There's a poster that's put outside. And I thought, oh, it's probably a spa. Let me just look. I'll come for a massage. And when I looked, there were people outside. And I was like, what's happening? And they said, this is church. And when I looked, it's every nation. And I said, what time does it start? They said at 9 o'clock. At that time, I was so broken. Uh, we've been tested through COVID. Business has not been making money, not getting a salary for over a year. And you're like, God, I'm giving up. It's hard. And God said to me, here is home. I brought it into your street, right where you stay. Come back home. Come back to me. I have the answers that you are looking for. At the verge of me giving up, he said, your dead bones, I'm bringing back them to life. And I came to church that Sunday, and I wept, and I felt the presence of God, and I felt God saying, it's a restoration season for you. And last week I came to church, and I was introduced to Pastor Timber, and I said, it's so hard. And he said, what do you want God to do for you? And I said, I've been in business, but now I'm looking for a job. If God can give me a job. And he said, what are you looking for? I said, marketing and communications. To cut the story short, Wednesday I had coffee with a friend who owns a business. It was a coffee date that turned into a job opportunity for me and asking me, what do you want to do in my company? I'm starting a job on Tuesday that I did not even apply for. And... All we did was to pray to God, and God brought back my dead bones back to life. With that, I'm saying, God has resurrected back in my life, and he has brought me back home to say, I am here. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. I give glory to God, and thank you, Pastor Timber, for the prayers last week, Sunday. Thank you so much. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Come on, praise God. Praise God, praise God. Guys, it's a season of breakthrough. Amen. Amen. And I know Jacques is um, waiting to minister. I don't want to now start, like, you know, getting into, like, the ministry mode. But Jacques, I'd like to ask you, um, during your ministry time this morning, if you could pray for some people who um, are still looking for jobs and battling for jobs, and let's believe for a breakthrough for them as well. Amen. Uh, folks, um, as an offering message, thank you for your faithfulness in your tithes and your offerings. Thank you for giving towards this venue. Thank you for giving chairs. I think the total tally so far 
is about 12 chairs have been donated. Thank you so much. So there's so much room, hallelujah. So much room for so much more to happen. We praise God for that. Um, uh, the, the details are on the screen, uh, whether you're online or not. Uh, we are a cashless venue, so please give online uh, to the account details supplied. Amen. Folks, I'd love to introduce our guest speaker this morning. Um, the first time I met Jacques was because he was linked to a lady called Jenny. And uh, I was at a conference in Cape Town. And uh, it was our first conference. Um, I was at his people in Grahamstown as a student and would go to Cape Town where the movement started for conferences. And at one of these conferences, it was my first one there. And, um, you know, I, I got a fresh cut, you know, like, you know, like a fresh haircut because you never know what's going to happen at a conference. Amen. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so this time round, I, I had an infection that started in the back of my hair. And this fresh cut was an ugly cut by the time we arrived in Cape Town. So, you know, you're trying to, like, have a, a cap on to hide your, like, you know, your bumps and all these nasty things at the back. And I was like, oh, no, this is terrible. And you're, like, all self-conscious. And, and so there was an opportunity to receive prayer during the conference. And, um, and, and, you know, prayer for anything. So I went forward and, like, Lord, please heal this thing. It's messing up my chances. Amen. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Uh, pray, Amy was praying at that time, you know, <laughs> she was interceding. Uh, and, um, and during the prayer time, uh, someone stood behind me and started praying for me. And for the first time in my life, I felt the presence of God. And I was like, what on earth is happening? I felt like electricity, like, you know, right, going right down the back of my spine. I was like, what on earth is this? I turned around and there's this lady standing there praying for me. And a very, very tall guy. You know, at first I thought, maybe an angel. But then, no, no, no. I was like, no, no. It's actually like, it's actually a real person. And, and, and there's a, a very tall guy, like praying like this, you know, like really like into it. And I was like, what on earth? What, what is happening here to me? And uh, over time, I got to understand that those were pastors Jenny and her husband Jacques. And I was like, wow, if there's one thing I know about this couple is that they move in the power of the Holy Spirit. And over the years, that has absolutely been proved to be true over and over and over again. Jacques, in fact, was one of the original... No, no, no. Jacques was one of the original people um, in the Cape Town church. And, uh, and the stories and testimonies of them going out and sharing the gospel door to door are things of absolute legend, guys. I, I, I'm, I'm introducing to you this morning someone who they had to coin, coin a phrase for, called an HPHPH. -H -H. <laughs> and an HPHPH, -H -H, for those of you who don't know, our movement, before we were called Every Nation, we used to be called His People. And an HPHPH -H -H was a, a term coined to, to, to talk about someone who was a His People high-powered heavy. So this morning, I'd like to introduce to you the original HBHBH, Jacques Ovalosa, all the way from Marisburg. Thank you, Pastor Jacques. Amen. I would like to release the youth at this time. Thank you very much, Miriam. You're going to need to um, spray this again. And at the end of the service, we're going to have a moment to honor all the mums among us. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Yo, 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 Temba. Okay. <laughs> I do remember that term, HPHPH. <laughs> Let me tell you, I just remember your pastor, because we were in Port Elizabeth with his people there, and they were in Grahamstown. We were very good friends with their pastors who started the church in Grahamstown. And I remember preaching there, um, in the lecture theater at the arts, what's it, the arts center, whatever. And, and I remember two young men, skinny young students, uh, 
One of them had long hair, and it wasn't your pastor. Um, the, pastor Gareth, who's in Berlin now. They were always right in the front. I mean, you guys, social distancing now, but I mean, they would be, if the pulpit's here, they are like right here, bright-eyed, hungry, and you would always know that you'd get some questions from these guys afterwards. And, but, but the thing that characterized Timba and his friend Gareth was just such a hunger for God, such an earnest passion for God. And it's just such a delight. I mean, that's more than 25 years ago. Folks, I've met many people who I've seen over the years in that place of earnest hunger for God. But I can't say I've seen that same desire 25 years later. So I want to, can we thank God just for his earnest passion and desire for God for so many years? It's just so beautiful. And it's, it's, it's just so amazing. I, I, just, I just thank you, Timber, for your, for your earnest passion for God for so many years. So I didn't even know this morning that um, it was this breakthrough season. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I've got a family. <laughs> you know, I go to, I'm sitting here this morning, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, when you're a guest speaker, you meant to start with a picture of your family and tell all the family stories. I have an amazing family. Jen and I have been married 27 and a half years. And, um, yeah, my first and only wife, and I've got four children. My oldest daughter's 24. She's married. My youngest, my second born, sorry, she's last, finally at university. And then my third born daughter, three daughters and a son. My third daughter, she's in high school and my son's just started high school. So, so family life is amazing. I highly recommend being fruitful and multiplying in God's time with the spouse that God has for you. Let me just, uh, but it's... It's just wonderful. I, I, I love family life. So breakthrough season. I'm so delighted. And uh, let me just check, Timber. When, when, are, we, when are we winding down here? Give me a, give me a time check here. Um, it's 10 to 10 here. I want to honor your time as well. Okay, cool. Breakthrough season. And the whole time I was praying for you. Yesterday, I had this verse, and as I was walking, it was this verse, and the guys are going to put it up. It's a verse that's found in Psalm 18 and 2 Samuel 22. It's this verse. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Now, this is written by David, and it, that, that exact verse occurs in two different places, and the reason is this. He wrote in Psalm 18, and Bible scholars reckon he wrote this psalm when he was, he was a younger man. We're not sure exactly how old. But it's found again in 2 Samuel 22. You know why? It's right at the end of his life. This psalm was his life song. This psalm defined his life. It was a song that literally for him described his life. And it says, with your help I can advance against a troop. And with my God, I can scale a wall. Folks, that is breakthrough language. Remember, David is a warrior. He's a fighter. He was anointed to defeat the enemies of Israel around them. And this scripture was a reality. Now, just what is it talking about? Advance against a troop. What's a troop? Now, a troop is basically, it's a group of trained, armed, and dangerous enemy soldiers. And some translations, he says, some translations put it this way, I can run through a troop. Some translations say that I can run against a troop. I was just looking and trying to figure out how many. Today, in various military formations, a troop is between 16 and 50 soldiers. Folks, do you kind of get the feeling that this guy's either delusional or he really knows he's God? And folks, this is a psalm that he wrote when he was a young man. And when he's an old man, he's still saying that, folks. At the end of his life, he's saying, I can still. Remember, he still wanted to go to battle in his old age and his generals and said, you can't do it. But he's saying, I can still take them on, bring them on. I can run against a troop and I can scale a wall. And what wall, if you're a military man, what wall are we talking about? Is that your garden fence, you know, that you can kind of hop, skip and jump over? He's talking about walls that are around fortified cities. Folks, this is breakthrough language. I want to ask you this. 
We had a test me here about somebody who needed a breakthrough in their metron, in their sphere of influence, in, in, in the area of marketing. They were in the area of marketing, and God gave them a breakthrough. My question to you is, what area, your metron? Now, David is a warrior. This is language he understands. This is he knew battle. He said, this is with my God. This is what I can do. What is your metron? I had an impression of parents who are struggling with a, with a teenager. They need breakthrough with a teenager. They just can't get through. It's like the walls in their teenager's heart. And he's saying, God, I need breakthrough. I'm glad this, I, I had the sense of jobs. And I want to tell you, and I'm going to pray later at the end of this, min, this, this, this word. I want to pray for that breakthrough. If you're sensing the walls you need to break through, and there's resistance, the enemy, the, the enemy in, in whatever way it looks like. Remember, we do not wage war against flesh and blood, uh, but against powers and principalities and spiritual forces of wickedness in high places. When we talk about troop, I hope you're not thinking of physical flesh and blood. There may be people that somehow come under the influence, but it is spiritual forces of darkness, folks. I don't care. I am convinced that you have the full authority to bring and establish the victory of Christ in your metron, in the sphere of influence that God has given you. In your family, if you're a parent in your family, you have authority to, to see this kind of breakthrough there. If you're in marketing, that's your metron, that's your sphere, that's where God's called you to, you have authority to call on heaven and say, I'm trusting for breakthrough in this area. Amen. And I'm praying for this. Now, this, this breakthrough language. So I want you to say, God, what is the area you wanting me to get breakthrough in? But as I was praying yesterday, it wasn't the, the enemy soldiers that I saw. It wasn't a wall that I saw. The thing God came, brought me back to the whole time was what David said, with your help, I can. With my God, I can. You can look at this verse and think of the troops and think of the walls. David repeats one thing twice. With my God, I can. With my God, I can. So I, this morning, my heart is that you would be more aware of your God that causes you to say, I can, than the enemy soldiers, whatever they look like, or the walls that are ahead of you. David was aware of his God, and therefore he said, I can. It wasn't an arrogant, I'm amazing, I was anointed by the prophet Samuel, look at how strong I am. He was, with my God, I can. You know, I remember years ago saying, what gave this 13-year-old such confidence to go against a giant that was seven and a half foot tall? Now, I'm, I'm well, <laughs> six foot three, okay? I was six foot five, and, and Timber likes that. <laughs> but you do get shorter with age. And so he has a giant seven and a half feet. I mean, it's taller than this. He's facing, and he's 13 years old. What caused him in that scenario? Folks, David was with my God, I can. He saw a seven and a half foot giant. He looked at this dude, and then he looked at his God. And he looked up and he said, giant, God, giant, God, I'll take God, hello, giant. That's what it is. Folks, whatever your walls or whatever you, the troops are that you face, with my God, I can. Is the focus in this verse on the walls or the enemy? No. The focus is on with my God. I can. I can. I'm convinced the I can flows from knowing your God. And so you're doing this amazing series that I'm just so privileged. I'm so glad I can be a part of this. The series entitled Breathe. And it's week two. And Pastor Timber asked me the, the, the scripture reference for today's message is from John 14 verse 6, which speaks about the helper. And I want to look there because my heart is not that you would be aware of the walls or the troops you're facing. You would be overcome by your God. And from that place of my God comes I can. That's where the I can comes from. It comes from my God. Oh, there's a giant, by the way. Oh, uh, my God. I can. 
I can. That's how it flows, folks. So let's look at it. We're going to the scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. And this is what it says. Sorry, sorry. This is, this is the scripture for the series, okay? And it's this verse. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Folks, I love this verse. It's introducing spiritual gifts in this chapter, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. But he's flying out of chapter 13, which, you know, is the love chapter. He's flying out of love. And the amazing thing is, Paul uh, is, is, is telling us what love looks like. And, and he starts off, remember, in 13, saying what love doesn't look like. And I want to tell you, if you want to know the power of God, one thing, just be reminded that God is not impressed by you flowing in his power. He's not impressed. We see that at the beginning of the chapter. But God wants to show his love to people around us. And so out of this love chapter, Paul writes about gifts. The reason is that the spiritual gifts is God's love language to people who don't know him, to people who have no concept about my God. And so I just want to say it's so important, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. If you have encountered the love of God, Flowing out of that is you want to share this love with others. And Paul's writing and he's saying, these spiritual gifts, flowing in these gifts, is an expression of my love to the world around us. I never forget, at church one time, one of our guys in our church, he came to me before the service. He said, I've got a friend. His, his wife is really sick. Would you pray for him? So I said, sure. So he called him and he said, this guy was coming after the service. Um, the guy would bring his wife for prayer. Of course, I'm thinking, why didn't they just come to church? I didn't realize how much pain this young lady was in. So it was an older guy, and he's married to this young lady. This girl, I don't know if she was 20. And they come, and they stop in front of the church, and, and she's sitting in the car. She can't get out of the car. She's in so much pain, so much abdominal pain. She cannot get out of the car. She couldn't come into church if she wanted to. So I find out the story. She fell pregnant. She gave birth. And from the moment of birth, this is six weeks later, she has had non-stop incredible abdominal pain. Been to the doctors, got injections, got medication, nothing has helped. This poor woman doesn't just have a new baby to try and feed. And, and all the recovery around a birth, she has this excruciating abdominal pain. Her husband said to her she hasn't slept for six weeks. Now, Having a baby, how many of you know having a baby, by six weeks you're exhausted just by trying to keep this baby alive, feeding, changing nappies, etc. Add on to that excruciating pain, and I just want to cry just at the thought of the levels of discomfort. This lady, she's literally sitting in the chair there. She's got this baby. She, she's finished. She's sitting in the chair. We pray for her. Simple prayer. We just prayed healing, God's peace, God's presence upon her. She's sitting there. She was, you could see the anguish when we started praying. I don't know if it was, ang I, the body language was, it's pain. It's like, you could see anguish, and I was like, this looks like pain. So we're praying, simple prayer. She starts crying. Tears running down her face. And I'm getting worried, because sometimes, you know, I'm like, God, I don't want the pain to increase. Am I praying wrong? What's going on here? And she's a Zulu-speaking Zulu young lady. And I asked ask her husband, what's going on? He said, the pain's gone. She's crying because she hasn't had a moment of no pain in six weeks. It was, <laughs> it was just amazing to see the love of God breaking through as the gift of healing just flowed into her life. She just cried. She couldn't stop crying. Afterwards, she could hardly talk to her husband. She just said, it's gone. It's gone. And I got feedback later. Pain never came back. Doctors couldn't do a thing, but Dr. Jesus did. Folks, she had a breakthrough. She had a breakthrough. And I want to tell you, that breakthrough is for you. We prayed for Pastor Amy last night. I don't know how much people know. And I want to ask you to cover your pastors in prayer. Folks, going for a venue like this, and I can't believe what an amazing venue you have. I mean, Pastor Timber brought me here yesterday. And I mean, 
we started on that side. And we just kept walking. And you just keep walking. And there's more doors. And there's more rooms. And wherever you look, there's just more rooms. And it was like timber. I thought it was just a church venue. This is like a conference venue. I mean, you guys are so blessed with this venue. It's amazing. Folks, they have been the tip of the spear breaking through for you guys. Folks, they need your prayers. They need your prayers of protection. Pastor Amy has been under severe attack. We prayed for her. Apparently, she's feeling much better this morning. Praise God for that. But I want to ask you, folks, it's true that the tallest trees catch all the wind, okay? Inside, Timber is a really tall dude, okay? He's really, I keep saying to him, because he keeps introducing me as his tall friend. And I keep telling him, inside, he's really tall. But the tallest trees catch most of the wind. I want to ask you to pray for them. Amen. Let's go. The scripture we really want to get to is not yet because I, I'm <laughs> usually I can see my, my slides, but I'm, let's go to the next slide. I saw this on, on your pastor's desk last night when, when I was having supper with him. And it's in the Perspectives book, which is a course on missions that I did many years ago. And one of the modules, they shared this. Just You put it all up. Is it not coming up? If you just click back, uh, just click back one on your, who's driving the PowerPoint? Oh, no, it's, it's uh, okay. You're not using PowerPoint. It's the, anyway, it's meant to come up sequentially. Anyway, they spoke about four encounters, and this is what they were talking about, was that if you want to see transformation in a group of people, that's what missionaries do. You, you, God calls you to a community and you are wanting to bring Christ. You're wanting to bring not just Christ, the kingdom of God. You want to see transformation in that community. And they spoke about four, four encounters people need to have. And the first one is the allegiance encounter. Okay, hang on. Where are we now? Um, how, what's happening? The PowerPoint frozen. Okay, it's frozen. Four life-changing encounters. It's fine. They'll get there. Four life-changing encounters. The first one is an allegiance encounter. Who's your Lord? Who's your master? The allegiance encounter. The day you get born again. The day you surrender your life to Jesus. You have an allegiance encounter where you say, you're the boss. It is life changing. The day you get born again, it starts there. We all need, that's where life change starts. The next encounter is this one. Is, is a truth encounter. Folks, we committed to ministering and bring truth encounters to you. Every Sunday, I trust you've noticed, we preach the word from this pulpit. I don't know if, you, if, if they preach from Facebook over here, but we preach the word. We need truth. Truth, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, Jesus said. Truth encounters, we need them. How else do we change? Relationship encounters. Iron sharpening iron. We need to see what this life of following Jesus looks like in real people around us. We need people. We need community. That's why the most effective way of transformation is planting churches where there are communities and you can see what this life looks like. You can experience it. But the last one is power encounters. And when, the, when they said this, when, when in the Perspectives course said this, I was so challenged by... I am totally committed to bringing leading people into allegiance encounters. I preach the word truth encounters, and I'm totally committed to relationship encounters. But power encounters has been something personally that I was, at that stage when I did this course, like 20 years ago, I was like, God, I need to provide places that people can experience his power. We have to. That lady that we prayed for with a severe abdominal pain, she will never, ever, ever forget the day the love of God touched her life through the gift of healing. We need power encounters. I want to say, for me, I'm committed to all four encounters for the people I lead. I've seen, unfortunately, people get into the power stuff and literally they will throw relationships away, they'll throw truth out, you know, the baby out of the bathwater, and it just gets weird, and it gets, mm. let me just say, I haven't seen good stuff. I'm committed 
to all four. The Bible actually speaks about the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. Relationships we need and that allegiance, folks. The Bible says in the same way that you came to know Christ as Lord, continue in that way. As with that heart of submission and yieldedness, I never want the power of God that I've experienced in my life to cause me to become arrogant and, 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 and lose that attitude of wholehearted submission to Jesus. Amen. It's just something, anyway, I was talking to your pastor about this. But this is the verse that your pastor wanted me to get to, and I did before time ran out, Timber. I got to it, okay. And I will ask the Father, Jesus said, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. This verse is amazing. Jesus, folks, I heard somebody saying one day that the main thing that Jesus came to real, reveal was the Father. And it's something that, you know, you hear it and you're like, sure, that's an interesting thought. Folks, in this verse, Jesus is absolutely revealing the Father. I will ask the Father. And he will give you another, but he's also revealing the another helper, which is Holy Spirit, which we're going to look at this morning, to be with you forever. But who's talking? I. Jesus revealed the Trinity. The full revelation of who God is. I mean, Jesus came to reveal, hey, I'm the Son, here I am. He revealed the Father constantly talking about how I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. Jesus, that's the thing that got the Pharisees the most, was he was saying, I'm the same, I'm, me and the Father are like this. That's what freaked them out. But Jesus also revealed Holy Spirit. And, and you know, I love the fact that you're doing a series looking at breathe the Holy Spirit and the multifacets with he, how he works in our lives. I love the fact that we do recognize there are different, the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are different. But whenever I look at my Bible, I see Jesus emphasizing the unity, the sameness, the, we're on the one page. Don't think Holy Spirit is going to say something different to what the Father or Jesus. If you encounter Holy Spirit, you are encountering Jesus. If you encounter Jesus, you're encountering Father. The unity is so mind-blowing, it is, it is just incredible. And so I love the fact that we're looking at a series on the Holy Spirit, but don't think because you're just looking at the Holy Spirit, you, you're not clueless about Father and Jesus. They are one. The oneness is absolutely mind-blowing. So we see the Trinity in one verse. And I was looking at these verses where Jesus is talking about Holy Spirit. In, in three of these verses here, he speaks about Father. He's speaking, so we see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all together. All three together. And I love that. I love the unity in the Godhead. And, I, and, and you know, one day I was reading some scriptures on unity and what and, and the Bible speaks so strongly about unity in the body, in, in the local church, etc. And I was like, Lord, why are you so heavy on this? As a pastor, let me tell you, it's hard to work on unity because there's some otherwise headstrong people who want to go that way and this guy wants to go that way. And it's like, God, this unity thing is exhausting. Until I realized that when we are in unity, we represent Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect sync. A divine dance where the three of them are literally, if you think of a, read a book, I don't know if you read the book, The Divine Dance. This guy did this thing that the three fathers are such perfect unity. It would be like, I mean, I know three usually don't dance together, but you know, when a dance, when a couple's dancing really well, they move as one. They just are totally in sync. And he said, that is a picture of the Trinity. So, so Jesus, he says, when he's talking about Holy Spirit here, he doesn't use the words Holy Spirit, which is used in other places in Scripture. Numo, numo I did go look it up, but my Greek is not very good, is the usual word for Spirit. And he doesn't use the word Holy Spirit here. He uses this word helper. But he doesn't just use, he doesn't just say, I will give you a helper. He actually uses this word another. 
And it's very significant. It's a significant word in the original language. And, and another or a different, that word, if you, in Greek, if you want to say something's different, like I have, I have a banana and I want to offer you some fruit. And say I have another banana and an apple. There are actually two words, if you're a Greek-speaking person, that you could use to say, would you like another fruit? It's the word hetros and alos. Remember it from Bible school. And they're very different words. In Galatians, Paul uses, because there were these guys who were coming to the church and preaching a different gospel. And that word different to another gospel. He, Paul, in, in Galatians, uses the word hetros, Meaning it is very different. Let me explain with the apple and, uh, sorry, the banana and the pear and the apple. Sorry, which fruit are we doing here? There we go. Thank you, Pastor Timber. I'm having a banana and I have a banana and an apple to show you. If I'm Greek speaking, if I offer you the banana, I would say, would you like an alos fruit, a banana a fruit of the same kind that I'm eating, alos. It's the same kind. But if I offer you another fruit, like an apple, it's different to a banana. I don't know if you know that. It grow, don't grow on the same trees, okay? If I offer you an apple, I would say, would you like a hetros fruit? A fruit of a different kind. Very different. Here, Jesus uses the word alos. I'm going to give you an alos helper. Literally, what he's saying, I'm going to give you a helper that is just like me, of the same kind, of the same tree. And so this, again, Jesus emphasizing the unity of the Trinity, the likeness of the Trinity. And I, th I believe this is so significant that, folks, if you have amazing revelation of Jesus, folks, it's because that's actually the job of Holy Spirit. And what you know of Jesus, so much of what you know of Jesus is actually, this is Holy Spirit. It's one. I, I, I realize there are three persons, three separate persons, but the emphasis on Scripture is their unity, their oneness. And I, it's just so beautiful to remember. But then he uses the word help. He doesn't use Holy Spirit. It's like, Jesus, can we use the same words in Scripture so we can be on the same page? Why are you pulling this word helper out here now? Now, a helper, I mean, if you read your Bible, what does a helper mean to you? I mean, maybe if you, you know, working in a high-powered office around you, you know, you get a helper who comes in after hours to clean the office. You know, is that what Jesus is referring to? I don't know what your understanding of help is. But the word he uses here is parakletos. He uses the same word in these three scriptures on the screen. Also in John 14, 26, 15, 26, and John 16, 7. He uses this word Parakletos, which some Bibles translate as help. Why? Jesus, no man, let's not use different language. I'm just trying to understand what Holy Spirit is, and now you're using another language. Why are you grabbing that language over here? Let's look at it. And on the next slide, I'm putting to you how the Amplified Bible puts it. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another comforter. And remember what the Amplified does, because we don't want to understand Greek. It, what they did with the Amplified Bible is they took... Because it's hard to translate word for word because different languages, the same word doesn't mean the same thing. And Greek often has words that have a lot of meanings. And this is what the Amplified does. It helps us, non-Greek speakers. I will give you another, alos, uh, of the same kind. Comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you forever. Folks, Seven words. I was overwhelmed by the responsibility in half an hour. This is what your pastor asked me to do. He said, can you just please unpack that? I'm standing here. I want to say in my entire lifetime, I will not be able to unpack for you the fullness of the meaning of parakletos. Comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Your pastor gave me an impossible assignment. I'm saying I cannot do it. But I'm inviting you on a lifelong journey of getting to know Parakletos. David said, with my God, I can. He said, I can, not I can't. Folks, I know, I often look at walls and I say, I can't, God. But then I look at God. This was the thing. 
David said, with my God. He didn't say, because I've heard of God, because I went to church. He literally, in that verse that we read first, he said, with God. David was walking with God. He says, with God, us too. He was, he was literally looking at Goliath. And he's saying, one big giant, one teenage boy, with God. I think we're a bit bigger. I think two is a bigger number than one. With my God, I can. The I can comes because you are with God. And folks, I want to invite you on a lifelong journey of discovering these, what this means. Do you know him as your comforter? When Pastor Timber asked me to preach, I realized it was Mother's Day today. This word comforter is a good word for Holy Spirit. Let me tell you why. In a healthy family, there's a mom and dad and some children. And there are various aspects that a healthy family will bring to the family that actually represent our heavenly family, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we talk about comforter, folks, there's nobody in a healthy family that does comfort better than mama. How many of you know when a baby gets an owie, what's the first thing they say? Mommy! Mommy! I mean, I remember my children getting hurt, and mommy's in the kitchen or wherever she is, and they get an owie, and they run, and I'm standing in the passage. Now, I feel for my child's got hurt. I feel for them. I mustn't move for this camera. Wait, where must I move? Sorry. And they will run past me. Mommy, I'm like, I can comfort. What did you do? My boy, my girl. They'll run past me. They'll run through my legs. Mommy. Why? There is a grace upon a mother to comfort. There is a grace upon moms. And I was just like, God, this is amazing. We're going to honor the moms. I want to honor moms for representing God, the Holy Spirit, so well. The, the, the nurture, the tenderness, the comfort that mothers give is so needed for the human soul. Folks, I'm so uh, aware that there's so much pain in the world today. People are sore. They have owies inside. And folks, they need to encounter the comforter like never before. Folks, ha have you been in those places where you are just sensing the Lord's closeness? And He doesn't say any amazing thing. You know, my, mo my, my, my mom and my wife, Literally, they will just take the child, they'll pat the child. My wife always used to say, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. And I'm thinking, it's not all right. Their finger's bleeding. Their knee has got a gash in. It's not all right. My wife will just take the child and just say, it's all right. They calm down, peaceful. Once they calm, she says, okay, let's look at your finger. She just comforts. And the, the, the world changes for that child. How many of you are saying, I just need comfort? I don't need another prophecy. I, don't, I just need comfort. That is what Holy Spirit does. Parakletos. Let's, I'm, I'm so challenged by the time because we, we're out of time. Let's go to this next slide. I hear you. I'm out of time. I'm seeing his, your pastor stepping to the front of his seat. And the father... Verse 16, the same verse. I just want to unpack this. And we'll ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Look at what verse 17 and 18 says. Even the Spirit of truth, you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Folks, can you see how strongly Jesus is promising to be with us. Folks, David said, I can, because he knew God was with him. My prayer, my greatest desire, my, 
my outcome this morning is that you would know God is with you. Because flowing from the God is with me comes an I can that then makes walls and all other kinds of things seem I can do it. And so I want to pray, and this is, this is my prayer. I'm going to pray, and I want the breakthrough. I'm absolutely contending that you'd climb the wall and bust through the enemy. But I'm convinced that the strength and the virtue and the faith to, to do the I can comes from he is with me. Why can you break through? Because he's with me. And so I know we're going to socially, you're going to sit right where you are. Nobody's going to come to the front. I want to pray this, this prayer that you would know that God is with you. And folks, knowing the God that is present with us is, I, is so multifaceted. When you do the, the Hearing God's Voice course, which I know you guys are doing, there's a whole lesson on how do you receive from God. Some people hear, some people see, some people feel, and some people just know. And we're different. I don't know you. There are times when I'm still with God, and I just hear. Some of my favorite words is, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Sometimes... Feel his presence. Sometimes I just know he's there. So just as an act of surrender, can you just hold your hands out? Just as an act of surrender. And I'm just going to pray these words. These words of scripture that Jesus said. So open your hands. God, I pray for every single person here, Lord, that they would know that you are with them, Lord. God, you said forever. This is a forever with them. I release Holy Spirit, Paracletos, Comforter. Lord, I don't know how people need to meet you right now. How you want to meet with them as the Comforter, the Counselor, the Helper, the Strengthener. Holy Spirit, come. They need to know you right now. Right now. The God who dwells with you and will be in you. Paracletos. Helper. I release the reality of the God that is with you.
pastor just asked me particularly to pray those of you for those of you who are saying, God, I need a job. God, you are the God of the breakthrough. And so, God, we just pray for divine open doors. Lord, I pray, Lord, it looks like a wall, but in the middle of the wall, Lord, a door would open. I just pray that right now. Lord, as this test me came at, at the beginning of this service, that she didn't, wasn't even looking. She chatted to a friend and boom, a door opened, Lord. Lord, I pray for an I can to go knock on doors. Doors they didn't even know were around. Lord, a leading, a guiding, and I can that there's a door out there that you have for me. And Lord, I'm going to find that door because the I am gives me the I can to go through the door. In Jesus' name, Lord. Open doors, provision from heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. So awesome, so awesome. Jacques, that was awesome. Please give him a hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, wow, wow, wow. We've got a second service coming, so unfortunately we need to end this one. <laughs> Um, to make room, but we can't end this service off without honoring the mothers among us. I'd like to say a huge thank you for those who've nurtured, comforted, and shaped the lives of so many people. And I know during this season of the year, sometimes it can be very difficult for those who aren't physical mums yet, but I want to speak to every woman here and say thank you for nurturing, for strengthening, for comforting, for shaping the lives of those around us. And today we'd love to honor the women among us today. Whether you're a physical mother or not, I know you, many of you are sisters or at least daughters. But thank you for shaping the world around us. Could I ask all the women to stand? We'd love to pray for you and bless you with a little gift. Amen. All the mothers, all the women, all the women. All the women, yeah, 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 yeah. All the women, come on. All the women, we want to bless all the women. Let's go for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for what these amazing women bring into our world. And we want to bless them, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray that even as they've poured out into others, Lord God, that you would pour back into their lives. Father, where some of them might feel depleted from being a sister, a daughter, a mother, I pray, Father, that you would refresh and replenish them. And we rise up, Lord, and call them blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for your hand of blessing that rests upon them. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen and Amen. So we've got a little something to give to you, so please remain standing until you get a gift of some sort amen and if you don't want your gift um, please feel free to uh, pass it on folks thank you so much um, for being here and celebrating the launch of your venue amen and I, I just want to say we are not COVID denialists amen and um, we will continue meeting physically as long as we can, as long as it's safe to. Uh, we're committed to doing that. Um, but there's a very important step I'd like every single one of you to take. And that is being in a connect group. You know, when we're not able to meet physically, we need to be able to call on others and be there for others. So if you're not in a connect group, please speak to Jude Kaganda. Uh, that's our pastor over there. Do you please stand up for those who might not know you? Okay, he's that guy um, who's darker than his mask. I mean, his mask. Uh, anyway, the, the guy in the black mask. That, that, that guy there is. <laughs> thank you, Jude. <laughs> you know, Jude, Jude is always on my case about something. So I'm always on his case about something. So yesterday, when um, I was walking around with Jacques and and um, the two of them met. I said, yeah, Jude, do you feel it? Do you feel it now? Hey, do you know what I feel like? You know, you're taller than me. Do you, do you feel what it's like when someone's taller than you? And so, like, you know, I had that moment of like, yeah, me too. Okay, my wife is saying time up. Okay, 
folks, um, may I ask you to please um, be off-site by 10-2. So that gives you about 20 minutes to mingle, have some tea, coffee. And um, if you want to have a look around at the venue, please go ahead and do so. Uh, this is your venue. And um, we are more than happy to have you here for the next 20 minutes, at which point we shall be asking you very kindly <laughs> to make space for the next service. Thank you so much. And to the teams that have been serving, thank you so much. Um, there will be a little something for the teams that are serving uh, in the breakaway room. Thank you very much. God bless you all.